We are back for another Monday Morning Couch Potato Season 3, Episode 7. We're getting close to the start of the NFL season, plus college football officially back and a little MGA style. Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in-your-face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger's in the house finally after a long day of boozing with friends is what I hear. What's up, buddy? Because he's, he's not out at the golf course. No, he's made that, I can't. I, you've made that I very can't clear. Golf course. Yeah, you made that very clear. I can't go sucking up the golf course. Even just... though he doesn't want to win the red key for the MGA Dallas uh, tournaments. Might I add, they had one, T-Dog. You weren't there. I'm sure they missed you. Uh-oh. Another tournament? Another nice. tournament. August 14th, uh, the North Dallas had their their North Dallas 4 championship. If you can believe that. Just I to, can't believe it. I know. Let me just do a couple shout-outs. The winner of that tournament ended up being Doug Turpin with shot an 86. Must be a cheating bastard. New to the league. No uh, penalty strokes is what I'm thinking. Scott Herb came in second. Tied with second was Andrew Mixon. Sean Norfolk. Lance Paulnall. Alan Lott. Tom Weaver. Jeremy Ramey. Mike. Was it Pierre or Pryor? Whatever. Shot a 92. And Tino Lopez ended up in 10th place. Don't forget about Eric Watson. He had the biggest. He was the most mediocre. So basically, he was nobody important. Biggest meltdown, T-Dog. You know this person, Greg Madrid. What do you biggest think meltdown for Madrid? Yeah, biggest nice. meltdown. I know. <laughs> I'm sure that makes you excited. Longest drive goes Andrew Mixon. And closest to the pin was Mark or Mike. M-Y-K-E, by the way. Is it Pryor? P-R-I-E-R? Must be. Really? Yeah. And the uh, gross award was same with Mark. And also, the red key. Key to the red key basically means you suck. Russell Davis. So we just wanted to get that. Yeah, we just wanted to get that out of the way. And I'm pretty sure Vegas had their championship. But we'll talk uh, more about Vegas next week. But North Dallas, finally in the books. Yeah, it's not a surprise that Jeremy hasn't reached out to see if I want to play in another tournament as a guest after the stink up and the shithole that I freaking played last time I, I saw him. Oh. So, not a shock. Not a shock to you? No. <clears throat> well, a lot of lots are happening uh, in the NFL. We're wrapping up uh, the third week of preseason. And, of course, uh, which is interesting this year, T-Dog, there's – like a whole week before we even get started with the season, which is something that I think the way it's playing out is interesting. Gives some time to rest up the players before they actually go live. Uh, the nicks and bruises. Also, it 
you've got a few days for you got what two days for these teams to cut down to fifty four man roster. Fifty three. Fifty three, excuse me. Fifty three man roster. And uh, you know, there's gonna be some opportunity for teams to pick up other players and uh you're gonna have to make some tough, you know, decisions on who you're cutting. But really what I want to get started with the NFL is they did come out with their top one hundred. I'm just going to rattle off the top 10 of the top 100. And the NFL uh, did this when they asked the players. So this is all player-based top 100 for 2021. Number 10 is Josh Allen, quarterback. Uh, Number 9, TJ Watt, outside linebacker. Number 8 is DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver. Number 7, interesting enough, is Tom Brady, quarterback. Number 6, Devontae Adams. Number five, Travis Kelsey. Number four, Derrick Henry. Number three, A.A. Ron Rogers. Number two, A.A. Ron Donald. And number one was Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Any of those surprise you on where they where they landed? Well, I think looking at Josh Allen and seeing him jump into the top ten, and you you go back two years, would have never thought about it, right? Yeah. And I think that he was in, I want to say he was in just cracked the 100 in his second year, right? And then to move into the top 10, that's what 4,500 yards and, and 30, almost 40 touchdowns yeah, gets uh, you, right? It'll, it'll yeah. do for you, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, who'd you say was nine? TJ Watt? TJ Watt, yeah. Outside that, line. Dude, that kid's a stud. I mean, that, that the, the lineage in that family, JJ and TJ and... I think there's a third one too, if I'm not mistaken. There's another brother out there, freaking lurking, but I could be wrong. No, I mean, there's yeah, three. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a stud. That doesn't surprise me. DeAndre Hopkins, not a surprise there. Um, Brady, uh, is he still top ten? I mean, if you're looking at total picture, yeah. I mean, realistically, but then again, I mean, you, you don't want to take away from what he did in Tampa, Tampa Bay. I mean, obviously, he threw for over four thousand yards, forty touchdowns was probably one of his best seasons he's ever had. Yeah. Like individually, right? So you look at that and you say, okay, and then he leads them to three road playoff wins into the Super Bowl. So not surprising, but at the same time, it's like, I God, when does this guy I mean, what is he fucking sixty? I mean, when does he not be in the top ten, right? I mean, yeah. at some point he's got to make room for the other guys. Um Devontae Adams, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it's obviously he's a stud. Uh, he's got a great quarterback and uh, you know, shit, thirteen hundred plus yards, eighteen yeah, touchdowns. The kid can play. I, I don't know, but do you put Travis Kelsey a tight end in the top five? <sighs> See, is that, he the best tight end in that we've seen? Probably. Yeah. Is he top five right now? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I I almost feel like Devonte Adams could leapfrog Kelsey. Um, only from a tight end. I mean, imagine we we mentioned who's number one, which is his quarterback throwing. To right. Travis Kelsey, uh, you got to get open. You got to make plays. He does. Uh, top five, man. You're talking two quarterbacks, a running back, a defensive end, and a tight end in your top five. You're right. It, that's a that's questionable. Now, I am sure Travis Kelsey thinks he should be number one, of course. But at the end of the day, though, you're you're still tight end, and and you have to have a quarterback to throw to you, and you have to make those catches. Don't get me wrong. Um, but maybe as far as what he did last season, I don't have his stats up, but I'm pretty sure his stats were probably quite amazing. 
And yeah, it was. I mean, he had 1,400-plus yards for a tight end and he had over 100 receptions again. I mean, again, he's stellar. No question about it. He's he's very productive. I just don't know if I put you know Kelsey as the top five. Literally, if you're building a football team, is he your you know five guy? I mean, you look at Derrick Henry, who you named at number four. I, I heard something interesting on him, and I, I think it's true. Okay, that he's the only person ever on the planet ever to rush for two thousand yards in high school. 2,000 yards in college, and 2,000 yards in the NFL. Wow. Obviously in a season, single season. Sure. You know, is what I'm talking about. Which, obviously, 2,000 yards in a single season in the NFL, that's tough, and that's where the that range squeezes, right? I mean, there's been probably tons of players that have rushed for 2,000 yards in high school, and then another tons in college, but not the ones that make it to the elite level of the NFL and are able to do it because 2,000 yards in the NFL is a little tough, right? Yeah. But he is the only player ever to do that. That's a pretty cool distinction, right? Oh yeah, that's a pretty cool badge to have to hang, right? I mean, well, the next badge, shitty. well, the next badge will be: will he make two thousand yards back to back seasons, which has never been done? Also, you have one extra game, which yeah, and that's I know there's a lot of talk on that seventeenth game making. You know, is five thousand yards now passing? not as big of accomplishment is 2000 yards rushing, maybe not as big of an accomplishment. I think the 2000 yards probably still will be Ron, Cause you think about that. That's hard to average. It's hard to average over a hundred yards a game yeah. for 16 games, let alone 17 games. I mean, it is, I think it's, I think it's still going to be a big, a big deal. If, if somebody can rush over 2000 yards, even in a 17 game season. I mean, even in a 20-game season, it would be hard to consistently do that, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, if he can do it, he'll be the first one to do it ever, and I think he's got a good chance with that extra game. I mean, just like um, we might see two 2,000-yard rushers this year uh, or possibly three uh, with that extra game. Um, Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I can't wait till the season gets started, but really uh, for number four – like Aaron, you know, number four, I think it's a good spot for him, but Aaron Rodgers at number three, Aaron Donald, who in 2019 was the number one player picked by the NFL um, that year. I mean, that guy's a stud. I mean, imagine all the stuff that you have to do, all the O-lines that you have to go by, go around to get to that quarterback. And he does it consistently year in and year out. How does he not win number one again from the type of season he had last year? Now, Patrick Mahomes, who who absolutely takes number one, but does he deserve it? He lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. He was it, injured a little matter. bit. No, no. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. He lost he's, the he's Super still Bowl. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. He, but his, some of those throws, I mean, literally vertical or horizontal, excuse me, literally horizontal to the field, and he's still throwing, slinging it, you know, 40, 50 yards down. Actually, if you replay that in the Super Bowl, it goes through his own player's hands and hits him in the effing face mask. This should have been a catch, to be honest with you. So um, the guy is a stud. I have never seen anybody do a vertical throw like that ever in the NFL. Um, maybe, or yeah, a horizontal throw like that ever in the NFL. And uh, maybe if I had, you know, they're probably throwing it down in the ground, um, you know, maybe off of somebody's chest. I mean, who knows? 
But uh, number one, yeah, he deserved it. Now, he jumped up. Th- I think he was third last year, um, which is crazy. I think Donald was third, actually, last year. He was Almost third or fourth. Been. He was yeah. he, he was top three or four, but nevertheless, which yeah. is crazy because he you know the year prior he had uh, I you know he won the Super Bowl, so it's pretty crazy to think that he wouldn't take number one then, and he does he takes it now. But it was an interesting. Let me tell you about an interesting snub, snub on this one. Top one hundred. You know who's not in there? No, I don't. Rokon Smith. What? I mean, you know, I think that's probably because just straight up tackles. That that really isn't what sells, man. That's really not what everybody's all excited about. I mean, yeah, the guy consistently, we've talked about him. He's around the ball. He's a ball hog. He's always there. He's got incredible yeah. field vision. And he's going to give you 120, 130 solo tackles a year or whatever. But, yeah. You know, these guys are looking at who's creating pressure in the backfield on the quarterback. You know, not who's making the the tackle at the at the first or second level. I mean, it's just it's not it's not sexy, you know. But and, I would rather have Roquan Smith in the middle of my defense, roaming, being the ball hawk, and getting the tackles that he is, and and stopping. You know, when it's third and seven, and he's stopping that run or that pass and keeping it to five yards, I'll take it. But. That's why he's not in the top 100. That's just my thought. Really? I mean, I, I, I need to go back and see who was like 99, you know, 100 through 95. But, uh, I mean, Smith snubbed from the NFL Network's top 100 player of 2021 after being snubbed by the Pro Bowl and all pro team. Yeah. I mean, Chicago Seems Bears like linebacker. He's not getting the love. He's, he's the, you know, it's Rokon Snub Smith. That's his new nickname. And yeah, he's not getting love. But to be honest with you, it does it does does bode well for it does straight cash, homie. (laughs) Straight cash. Randy, thanks, Randy. We have to at least do a little smacking. Because I I believe the NFL network top one hundred. Tim, why don't you go ahead and bring see if you can find the bottom of this. Oh, I got it. I got it. So, I, you know, so give me honest, give me the top give me the last five of the top one hundred. All right, I, I and you know looking at so the last five of the top one hundred. I mean, I was looking at when when you were talking about you know Roquan Smith before, and I'm thinking, okay, who's who could you know who are you going to push out right? Okay. Well, your last guy, your your literally your hundredth guy is James Robinson, running back from Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, great season. No question about it. He had 1,400-plus yards from scrimmage. Um, you know, he was critical to that team in a first-down situation. Scored 10 touchdowns. He's very fast. He's out of Illinois State, right? Good kid. Okay. Um, but, you know, he's your 100th guy. Now, if you had to start a football team, now it depends. I mean, whether you're a defensive guy or an offensive guy, and you gotta, you've got to pull either James well, Robinson yeah. or Roquan Smith. To your team, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Roquan I'm doing, Smith? I'm all doing the way. Roquan Smith. Of course, yeah, no question. He had 139 yeah. combined tackles. He had 41. Uh, or is it combined tackles? 41 assists, four sacks, two picks. I mean, that's his 2020 season, dude. If he's a snub, Bron, he's probably 101, 102. Some are right in that range. No, 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 no. Because no. you just made your point for him to be a hundred. Well, right there. Okay. Who's 99? 
99 is Brandon Graham, defensive end out of the Eagles. Um, you could certainly make an argument that Roquan Smith could be in this position. Brandon Graham is a tremendous defender. He's he's one of those guys that make, ter- creates a lot of chaos in the backfield. Right, he gets after. He's I think he was one of the top as far as you know uh, causing QB pressures. Didn't have a ton of sacks. I think he just had eight sacks last year. He had eight, right? But he's a menace in that backfield. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know. You could 46, probably make an argument. 46 combined, 11 assists. He's uh, not going to have a lot of tackles. Defensive ends, tackles, they're not going to have a lot of tackles. Okay, those are a, lot of, a lot of those are going to come in your linebacking spots and your safeties. You're not going to see a ton in, in the defensive So end. if we found – A lot of that's on pressures. So Roquan Smith, he's inside linebacker, correct? That's correct. So find from 100, see if you can find the, the first inside linebacker that if you can find it, and we'll then we can compare. Find the oh the shittiest, the, <laughs> the, the top one rated inside linebacker and inside it, linebacker. Or oh, that's a good one. A Roquan um, Smith's, um, you know, equal. like who are we, yeah, like who was the first, last <laughs> yeah. Linebacker. Who's, right. who's the last? The, number eighty eight Shaquille Barrett from Tampa Bay is the first linebacker I see in the top one hundred. Okay. All right. Makes makes the top one hundred for the second straight year. He dropped. Uh, he dropped. I mean, he was he was much higher than that. Okay. Um, so he, know, had he had 57, 14 assists and eight sacks. So they're basing it off of the sacks. Now, granted, the year before he had nineteen and a half sacks. Yeah, guys, an absolute be- beast. beast. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But are they basing it off of sacks or just I, you know effort? Like I said, dude, I don't think tackles are is is. As well, this is a, this as, is an inside linebacker, baby. Yeah, I get it, but I don't think tackles are as extravagant as the as the interceptions and the sacks and the pressures and you know the the passes defended. Oh, you tackled the guy. Okay, that's great. I mean, they just they're just not, and so that doesn't. But again, that's sort of like it's one of those um, stats that you know most people think. Oh, it's not that big of a deal, but. As a, I mean, defensive coordinators want a guy like Roquan Smith there. He's a ball hawk. Yeah, they want him there. You know, so. Um, but Shaquille Barrett, your first linebacker there that that you could say should he should he be replaced? I mean, according to this, Allen Robinson is a better player overall on the Chicago Bears than Roquan Smith. From a, right, because he's in the top one hundred. Sure, I mean, he's I'm number eighty seven. Yeah, so, which yeah, I mean, I'd have to say Allen Robinson's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good wide receiver, right? Um, well, but yeah. Well, you had your chance, T Dog. You talked about um, Justin Fields getting up there, playing with first line. Problem I have with this first line now. We're obviously comparing to the first to the first line defense that he would play against. And uh, you had your opportunity. I believe Coach Nagy is out there listening as a couch potato fan because uh, oh, that he started Justin Fields. In correct. The third. Correct. Yeah. See, because I said so. Cause you, yeah, because you said so. And, you know, when Good you... Call, man. Well, the funny thing is when we found out that he was starting, you know, we we, had, we were like... Holy testicle Tuesday. And, and we were like, guess what? Now, uh, Justin Fields was 7 of 10 for 54 yards and a touchdown that was late in the second quarter, I believe. And uh, I don't know. I was not terribly impressed but 
and there's a big butt there. There was no, um, once again, our offensive line just, it really does suck if we don't have the correct players out there, number one. And number two, who's he really throwing to? You know, he, he, it's not like he had Robinson out there. He had he didn't even have Jesse James out there. He, he didn't he, have Jimmy Graham. He had nobody. Uh, so yeah. he's throwing to basically people that are trying to, you know, stay on the team, and which is kind of disappointing. I almost, almost wanted to see him play first line, you know, first time out or whatever you want to call it, you know, week, you know, season, uh, the game one of preseason, really. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's, you know, when I said, so you're talking about last week when I said that, you know, Nagy should start Justin Fields for the last preseason game. Because what's, again, what's the point? I mean, you've got, um, you know, Dalton, you've named him your starter. There's no reason to have him out there. Give give a chance for Justin Fields to go up against the starters. But what I failed to remember is that typically that last preseason game, which in this case is the third, where it used to be the fourth, is yeah. really the game to see those guys that are going to potentially be cut, right? So you really want to showcase some of the guys that are on the bubble and that you know are trying to make a name for themselves or make a team, make that 53-man roster, in which case you didn't see a lot of the starters, right? I mean, we haven't seen Allen Robinson all preseason, right? You didn't see Jimmy Graham other than the first game, I believe. So he was not playing really with the first team. Montgomery did did not play at all. Yeah. Um, so no, as, Montgomery as, didn't play at all. Right. And, and the right. other, and there really wasn't. I mean, we wanted to see some of the. It would have been nice to get more of the starters out there for the last game. You know, just kind of tune up, just for even if it was a couple plays. Um. It just felt like the same Bears game, right? And if they do another one of those goddamn screen passes to the to the, to the wide Steve's receiver play, Jesus! That I Steve thought they burnt. The I, I swear to God, I thought they burnt that play. All right, <laughs> but uh, it out of the playbook, jeez, rip but no, it out, point, but wipe it but on again, your booty because it yeah, doesn't work, and, and burn it, and burn it. The the point I was trying to make is that that last playoff game is or preseason game rather is really what that what's what that's for. So Fields really didn't have much of an opportunity to play with "quote unquote" the first team. I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, so again, whatever. I mean, realistically, back in the day when they had four preseason games, you usually saw the the first team offense and defense in the first uh, half of first quarter. Yeah, and then the second game they played into the second quarter, and then the third game they played it past halftime, maybe a series or two. And then the last game they, if they played. They play the first series, right? You yeah. Know, just to kind of shake the cobwebs off, or you know, try a couple things, whatever. Well, that was this game, right? I mean, that we technically were in the last slash fourth game, yeah. Even though it was a third game, um. So, to me, I think it wasn't. It really wasn't an opportunity to see that. So yeah, Fields didn't. He and you know what, Ron? Here's I'm. I am. I'm. I'm nervous. Okay. I am really nervous about whether this coaching staff is the right staff to get the best out of Justin Fields. Really? I mean, you look at that game against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. He looked like he was almost like a kid that was stuck in the corner. Like, you do what we say to do. Don't do you. He just seemed like he was in the pocket, and I can only, I got to stay here, and I got to throw the ball the way they want me to throw, and so on and so forth. 
it's almost worries you about are these guys smart enough to know what the strengths are of this guy and be able to put him in a position to make the Bears a good football team. That's the thing that was a little scary. I hope I'm wrong, but that's kind of the feeling I got watching that game. It just looked like it wasn't the same fulls or rather the same fields you had in the first game. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that, but that's what I saw. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said in the past, you know, the eye test, did he pass the eye test? I agree. Watching him out there, I felt like he, like they just didn't, they, I think, well, they didn't want to open him up. They didn't want to get hurt. I mean, you look back at the pre the previous game. I mean, he got smacked in the head. You know, he's playing a meaningless game. Do you really want to, how long do you want to have him out there before he gets hurt? And if there's any, any doubt for Dalton, uh, you want to have fields ready so he can get in there and play some, play some football. Um, I was excited to hear that he was starting disappointed in what I saw only because that he just wasn't surrounded by the best of the best that the Bears have to offer. I mean, I thank God that game, the way it looked, I could say, well, at least our even our defense wasn't even out there. Even some of the, you know, the game changers and players out there wasn't out there and and it looked pretty ferocious. It looked like old Bears defense, you know. Uh, for the last few years, uh, when you didn't have uh, Mac and Hicks and and um, uh, who's number four again? I, I keep thinking he's <laughs> Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson, all those guys. <laughs> you know, those guys were resting. So <laughs> it was it was exciting to see, but disappointing uh, to really get. And it's hard to gauge. It's just hard to gauge if if Fields. I mean, Fields ultimately will be the head co- or the head uh, number one quarterback. From the Chicago Bears, the question is if and when. I was talking to a Bears fan today uh, out of my son's hockey practice, and, uh, you know, he's like, the, the concern is, you know, when, you know, is the coaching staff kind of what you were just saying? They, he was basically saying, is the coaching staff really going to be prepared? And at what point, because they're worried about their job as well, at what point are they going to put that kid in? And could they... I mean, this day and age, you know, as he was saying, uh, this this day and age, you literally could start your number one rookie quarterback uh, out of college because the way everything is. Like, you don't have to sit him on the sidelines and and wait for that next moment. These kids are bigger, stronger, faster, and realistically, some of them do well coming out without any prep. Just go right in there. I mean, we're going to see it this year with Trevor Lawrence. He's been named a number one. He was drafted number one, and sure, you want to see him go out there, but is he the real deal? I think he is. I think that kid is, you know, amazing. I was just watching a little bit of the last game preseason. He he threw uh, for two touchdowns, and, you know, he looks like he's going to do okay. But there again, you know, we really can't see the bigger picture yet because we just, it isn't the first game of the year. And do you really want to put Fields out against Donald anyways? And that defense for L.A. uh, Rams. I mean, you don't want to crush the kids' spirits, too. You know, I almost feel like uh, they kind of did that with uh, Mitch, you know? They just didn't didn't prepare for him well enough, and they just threw him out there because, to be honest with you, just like they are right now, their primary uh, quarterbacks, they suck. Dalton, I don't know. I don't know if he'll, you know, 
what I've seen so far, not impressed. Now, granted, there are players that weren't playing in those preseason games. But I don't know. What would you think about Horstead and his three touchdowns? Five catches, well, 104 yards, three touchdowns. He's five for five on targets. And I don't even well, know where we'll get, he plays. I don't know if he even makes the team. Does he make the team? Well, we'll get to, we'll get to Horstead in a second. But I just want to answer real quick what you were kind of just saying for a second. There. I, we were ta- I was talking to some buddies about this actually today. And, you know, you say, do you want to start fields against Donald? Well, every, you know, looking at how these guys get to when you're in the NFL level, right? You're at that next level. And you see these guys, you're like, God, why are these, you know, there's there's 32 teams in the NFL, which means there's 32 of these jobs available, right? Very yeah. exclusive club to be in. And of those 32, eh. You know, probably 10 of those 32, you could say, are stellar. Another 10 are really good. And the other 10 are eh, not so good. But those last 10, that last third, is still the best 32 anywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, in the world. Well, these guys are obviously in, in college are going up. You know, they're playing 10, 12, 13 games, whatever. And they're going up against some pretty good talent, but maybe they're seeing one to two to three top defensive linemen throughout their season, right? Whereas in the NFL, dude, they're seeing them every week, every single week. Yeah, there's not an Aaron Donald on every single team, but there's some pretty damn good defensive players in the NFL. This is the elite level, right? So these guys, that's why you see these quarterbacks come in and have to adjust and have to do different things to get better. You know, you didn't play Chase Young every single week in in college. You didn't play Khalil Mack. You didn't play Aaron Donald every single week. You played him once, and then you played some not so good, right? Yeah. So it's totally, you know, do I would I want to put him out against Aaron Donald? Absolutely, because he's going to be facing Aaron Donald and then one smidgen below Aaron Donald and then two smidgens below whatever. That's what the NFL is. But for your yes. first game of the year, whatever, who cares? You know, they put him out there. You know, I mean, that's it. Doesn't matter whether it's his first game or not. I mean, Aaron Donald's going to do what he's got to do. You need whether it, what, it doesn't matter if you have Patrick Mahomes back there. He's got to adjust his game for Aaron Donald. If your guys can't stop him, it's no different. And Justin Fields is going to have to adjust what you know what he's doing back there. And Nagy's going to have to call plays that are specific to protecting from a guy like Aaron Donald. You know, that's why they game plan for these guys. That's why they change their schemes and the different things that they do for the players that they're going up against. So, yeah, I would. Uh, but that part, it is what it is. Well, you thought that um, they might. You thought that they might bring well, in Justin I, Fields for game one. But you've already told – here's the thing that and, – and they brought this up in the in the uh, the game. And, and I have to agree with this. You didn't allow for Justin Fields to even have an opportunity to be the number one quarterback for the Chicago Bears because you already yeah. pretty much guaranteed Dalton that he's going to play. He's going to be why? the why? And why is that? Why? Why Why would you – dude, I, I would have said, listen, I'm giving you $10 million, okay? Nobody else is going to give you more than 2 to $3 million to be their backup. I'm giving you $10 million. You most likely will start. But – if I somehow, and we talked about this, dude, if I somehow land the best quarterback in the draft or I bring in a quarterback that crushes you, you obviously have not lived up to being a starting quarterback, then guess what? You're going to be a $10 million backup. And that's the way it should have been. 
or knock yourself out. Go fi- go try to find a starting role somewhere else, and we'll have freaking Nick Foles as our quarterback. You know, as a backup, yeah. Whatever. No, as, as our quarterback. I mean, as our starter. If we didn't get actually, you know, we'll take the risk because they didn't know that, right? They had no idea they were getting Justin Fields. Yeah. So they were going out saying, okay, we're going to bring in a guy that's safe. You know, Dalton's not going to – Dalton isn't going to light up the world, but he's also not going to completely cripple your team with stupid mistakes. I mean, he's a smart quarterback. Yeah. You know, look at his stats. Yeah. They went the safe route. I mean, he's he's got the history of making – you know, guiding teams through the regular season, whatever. Is it safe enough to keep their job, though, T-Dog? Well – no, I uh, that's not really I don't think who that was. I, I, I honestly think that Nagy and and Pace actually had and this is kind of hard for me to say, but these guys actually I think had a plan and they, their plan was to be aggressive and figure out a way to land somebody to buy them some time in that draft, and that's exactly what they did. And in the case of Dalton, it was more or less Okay, you are the safest option we have to at least be competitive or somewhat competitive because you're going to give us as good as, if not a little better than what we have with Trubisky. So if we go 9-8 and eight and make the playoffs, hmm, you know what? We made the playoffs three out of four years. We probably should be retained. That's a pr- pretty good run. Okay. Now, granted, question. You know, Here, here's Lo- a good question. Lovey Smith was fired after a 10-6 and six season, but I get it. Well, here's a good question, though. Could taking on Justin Fields sooner than later be another reason why you wouldn't necessarily let go of your head coach or GM because you they have two outs? They could say, well, we understand he's a rookie and we're trying to groom him, so we're going to have wins and losses, and it may not be the best year for us as a head coach or GM, but but we have the best quarterback and we want, we want to make sure that we get um, we have an excuse on why we weren't the best in the division. That's one reason for possibly keeping your job. Right. Now the other reason is um, we, we allowed Andy Dalton to play a certain period of time. Then we flipped him for Justin Fields and let's say he does what we expect him to do win games then you would say, well, we should keep our job because, look, we were losing with Andy and now we're winning with Fields, and that's why we got him. I think win or lose with Justin Fields is still no reason to get fired, possibly, because you have re- you have excuses on why you know it didn't work out the way you wanted to. Well, unless you totally screw up Fields' growth. And you totally screw up his abilities by not using him correctly. That's what I said at the top here that I was afraid of, that these guys don't actually know how to use. You you look at what happened with Trubisky and how well he did in 2018. And, you know, just the, the, the year that he had and the, the ability that he had to excel. Yeah. He was out of the pocket. He was mobile. He was able to quickly make decisions to with his feet. Nagy was playing to his strengths. Yep. And Nagy stuck him in the 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 you know in the pocket and said, "You're a pocket passer. Be a pocket passer." And what happens? Yeah, he digressed. Correct. He digressed. Regressed. I'm sorry. He regressed. Yeah. Right? He, yes. So that's the thing that concerns me: is are these guys smart enough? And and I have confidence that Nagy is, but is he smart enough to get out of fields 
what you can to have, you know, a situation like you have with a with a Patrick Mahomes or a or a uh, Watson or uh, who's the guy from Baltimore? I'm drawing a blank here. Oh, um, uh, um, whatever. Yeah, you know that, what I'm talking about. I mean, just you utilize the strength. You know, make sure you can clearly recognize what the strengths of this kid is, and 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 make it happen with them. I I, I don't know Jackson. I mean, this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lamar Jackson. This is a this is that's going to be the biggest thing for me. Not whether they win or lose with him, but do they do they get what they need to get out of him yeah, and are they able to manage him correctly? Well, if anything that's serves the, the first year, they should be able to manage him correctly. The question is does Nagy f everything up the second year and try to change whatever was working well into something else, something different? And that's that's the concern, right? Well, by the way, it won't. By then, it won't matter. I mean, if you're, you know, if you don't have, if you know, let's just say that that Fields happens to come in game, whatever five, so he plays twelve games this season, and you completely misuse him, then you don't come back next year. We're gonna find somebody that is going to take the the significant um, price we paid to move up to get this quarterback we're going to find somebody who can make him be the the franchise quarterback that we need him to be you're not that guy now if he takes him and you know fields excels but the defense takes a couple steps back like they have been over the last several years and you know we don't make the playoffs and we finish under 500 but you realize that the magic of Nagy and fields is a positive one okay yeah then you roll with it, you rebuild the defense, you build the offensive line, and then you you figure out what Nagy can do in year two and year three or whatever the case may be with fields. Obviously, he's been there more than two years, but you get my point. I do so. get your points. Good point. Now, Horstead. But we'll see. Horstead shines. Three touchdowns, yeah. five for 104, yeah. five for five <laughs> in targets. Game. Where'd this guy come from? Had, I didn't even see him. He literally had more. Yeah, he literally had more receiving yards in this game than he's had in his entire NFL career. He was he was actually signed by the Bears as an undrafted free agent prior to the 2019 season. I think he was cut and he made the practice squad and then actually saw some action at the end of 2019. Um, I think he had four or five catches against the Cowboys that year, but he's only got maybe 87 yards. He does have it does have a career touchdown in the NFL. He does have one. Okay. Um, so he's trying to catch on. Do I see him catching on with the Chicago Bears? Probably not. But that's not every guy that's playing on the Bears right now is playing for a spot on Chicago. You know, a lot of that fifty-three man roster has already been kind of filled out. A lot of these guys are auditioning for other teams and auditioning to make at least the practice squad. Right. So you have an opportunity to to make a team. Yeah. And I think Horstead kind of falls into that. Right. I mean, he's not didn't go to big school. I think he he spent his entire college career with Princeton um, set some records there. He was pretty impressive. All Ivy league in, in, in a few situations as he's had out there, it scored a lot of touchdowns for that team. Also a great baseball team uh, player, real good baseball player. So he's a wow. great athlete all, all the way around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, a, that's what you're going to see Ron. is you're going to see some of these guys go, man, this guy should make the team. But when you really look at it, you know, the 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 um the players that you have in that position and you go oh well he can't make the team we just don't have enough at tight end or we don't have enough at that whatever position it is and what a great luxury to have right it's a great luxury for you to have to get rid of guys 
that people were saying, wow, he should make the team. And you go, no, we actually have everybody in that position that's going to make the team. Great. And that shouldn't be a weakness for us. Because he's he's so. tight end, right, though? Yeah, he's a tight end. Yeah. Question is how maybe he – could he make special teams? He could, but, again, you're still going to carry a certain number of tight ends. Um I mean, right now we've got what? We've got three that I know of that will make the team for sure, right? James? Uh, Well, I mean, Graham's there, and then you got got Cole Komet. Jesse James is probably, I I would say, he he and uh, uh, Horsett are probably right up there as far as decision-making, you know, with the Bears having to make a decision. Um, I think every catch he had, especially the one that was the one-handed catch um, or the first touchdown on the field's throw, they were yeah. tough catches. They weren't yeah. easy catches. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like, oh, Horstead's wide open. Or like Jesse James. Horstead, or James is wide open with a, a throwback to the left in, in week two. Um, these were really tough catches, and you had to make the catch. Yeah. And he made every one of them. I mean, I think it's great to see a kid put some pressure on the Bears to make a decision. I have to. Th- There's some good things that come out of COVID uh, that I'm seeing. First off, uh, players are can become on and off the IR, which is something that you never did or seldom did uh, in previous years. And then also the practice squad, increasing the practice squad players. I think that's huge. I mean, yeah. getting more players in the practice side that are playing NFL football, even though they may not be on the team, but you can bring them up and they're ready, you know, realistically ready to step in, next man up mentality, let's go. And uh, those are some of the wins. Um, real quick question on Bears, then we'll move on to the next team. Any of them you think is going to be on the chopping block for sure? There's quite a few players, I'm sure. But is there any uh, off the top of your bed? Like, yeah, he he's he really has to go. Uh, I mean, I I think there's there's plenty of you know that it's that's tough to call, man. I mean, there's going to be guys out there that just aren't going to make it. Um, you know, I think one of them that you would probably be somewhat surprised by would probably be Artavius Pierce. I mean, here's a guy who's who really has played well and and has done everything he's been asked to do in the backfield, right from running back position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Bears are pretty much where they're going to be with Montgomery and Williams and and the rookie Khalil Herbert. I I think Pierce is going to find his is himself on the outside looking in, and he's one of those that just. I think he's going to get, he's going to catch on with an opportunity on another team. Um, you know, if not, he's certainly going to be a practice squad player. I don't expect to see Pierce being unemployed from the NFL for very long. Should the bears cut him, but chances are, he's probably somebody I would say is on the way out. He's got to go. Nice. <laughs> not, and, not because of that. <laughs> he's actually not doing too bad. I didn't mean it in a mean way. No, Sorry, no, 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 no. <laughs> And, you know, Jasper, Jasper Horstead might be one of those, too. He might be a practice odd player. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were some players on the Titans that were like that um, That running back. He looked really good, too. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him. Um, they have, they're pretty thick in running back people as well. And, and Oh, you're talking about Makai Sargent? Yeah. He looked, really, yeah. he looked really good against our, you know, Chicago Bears hack. But those players, you know, we're going to find out more on Tuesday when they do, do when they finally do the cut. And you it's said doo-doo. I said doo-doo. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I cannot wait. 
Dallas Cowboys, though, they've got some decisions to make for their number two. It's either going to be Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert. What's your thoughts on that, T-Dog? Well, I mean, we talked about that a little bit last week. I think it's. I think when you look at overall how well Gilbert has played, um, certainly against Jacksonville, which, by the way, Trevor Lawrence played really well for Jacksonville. Yeah. Threw a couple of touchdowns. Um, I don't know if he even threw an incomplete pass. I, I mean, the Dallas defense overall played obviously pretty poorly, but at the for the again for the most part, it was guys trying to figure out how to get a, um, you know, work their way into either a position with the Cowboys or a position with another team, right? So they're out there fighting for for an opportunity is more or less what that was. But overall, you didn't see the top, you know, the number one defense of the Cowboys out there. Um, but I think it's Gilbert. I think when you look at it and what he can do to to make sure there's some protection somewhat behind Dak Prescott, um, I think Gilbert's probably your guy. I know there was, you know, again, last week it was kind of interesting that that was one of their, uh, uh, you know, what was going to happen from the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, certainly from a number two to a number three. But um, I would say Gilbert, Gilbert is probably going to be your guy that you would want to have in there. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you mentioned Trevor, Trevor Lawrence having a pretty good game. He was 11 of 12 for 139 yards and two touchdowns. So he had, he had a really good game. Once again, you know, he's probably not playing against after a few, uh, you know, um, opportunities. He's probably not playing against the, the best of the best, but nevertheless, you still gotta, you still gotta go out there and, and make those passes and make sure that your, your teammates can actually catch those balls. Uh, Cowboys, mm-hmm. though, you know, you they did have Ben DiNucci in. <laughs> DiNucci. Uh, he was 8 of 16 for 93 yards and one touchdown. Garrett Gilbert was 9 of 16, 87 yards and a touchdown. And Cooper Rush was 4 for 8 for 16 yards. Now, granted, Cooper, though, he, I think he, did he, he started, right? And, the, and he just didn't look good or he struggled out there. So they pulled he him. He struggled. I'm not sure if he started, but. He struggled. They pulled him pretty quick. A four for eight for sixteen yards. Uh, you're absolutely right. Probably Garrett Garrett Gil- Gilbert. Um, but does Ben DiNucci probably makes the team? And maybe Cooper's out. I mean, you're not going to carry four quarterbacks. Uh, you're lucky you no. carry three. I mean, maybe one put, gets right. pushed down into the practice squad. Um, but you know, there again, throw all these stats out of preseason. It really doesn't matter. What's going to matter is game one, baby. Game one. Dallas, you know, Dallas is interesting. It's another team that looks really good on paper, and uh, potentially they have an opportunity. I mean, their division sucks, a bag of you-know-what, and uh, they they do have an opportunity to, you know, to lead that division for sure 100%. Uh, question is, are they going to show up every game? You know, they're going to win those big games where they – lose generally when they're favorites they usually lose and then when they're not the favorites they ended up winning uh dallas has always been that kind of team and it, it you know struggle being a dallas fan and then you come back to las vegas las vegas played the 49ers jimmy g running running head first and into the end zone for a touchdown is it really worth it as injury prone as jimmy g is is it really worth it that that guy is running in uh What's that other kid that they got? Uh, um, Lance, Trey Lance. 
He looked really Trey good Lance, too. Yeah. yeah, he had another. Uh, he ran in. He ran a, uh, his first one in for a touchdown. So did Jimmy G. Who would have thought that Jimmy G. would have been the first one? You would have thought Trey Lance would have. But what was interesting, and I wonder if we're going to see this throughout the year with with the Niners. Um, are we going to see Trey Lance and Jimmy G. kind of swapping out depending on plays, almost like um, what they did in in the the Saints, New Orleans? Yeah. Are we going to yeah. see that kind of stuff? Who knows? That's going to be interesting. But Las Vegas has – there was interesting – I don't know if you heard this. They did reach out to the Bears about possibly getting Khalil Mack back. Did you hear that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, if, trying, to right, trying to right a wrong or something? I mean, what the hell is that all about? You know, I mean, they, that's – offensively, they're probably one of the top ten offensive teams out there. But realistically, the, the the big question is defense. Can their defense hold up? Can they stop those plays? Because you know, looking at the Niners game, they couldn't stop anything. Um, and and same goes for the Bears. But nevertheless, Las Vegas has to improve defensively to make a dent in their division. I mean, you can only imagine. You know, the only team that they really shouldn't be a threat, but could be, is Denver. You still got Kansas City in that division. You even have the Chargers in the division. All those teams are up and coming or there. And uh, yeah. that's the only big question mark is their defense. Offensively, I think they're, they're, they can handle it. They can hang. We know that. They, they beat Kansas City uh, last year on the road. Uh, they beat some big-name teams. They barely beat some teams, too, You know, like the Jets. Last second, I don't know what they were thinking. But uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, it's going to be an interesting year. I cannot wait to get that uh, to get that started. How about you, T Dog? What you thinking? Now there is an opportunity we well, we might you know be at one of those Las Vegas. Well, I might be at one of those Las Vegas Raider games. But um, what do you think about the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, the trade was the trade talk was kind of interesting, considering the fact that I mean. You go back, rewind, right, to when they traded him to Chicago. Part of the problem was is, you know, they couldn't get him. He had no interest in signing a long-term deal, right? So they had a they had to trade him. They had to move him. So why would he want to go back? I mean, why would they think that he'd he'd be interested in a trade to come back to well, not Las Vegas, it was well, Oakland at the time. Well, um, I think they were feeling that Chicago had a lot of cap space issues. They were, yeah. That, yeah. that was that was definitely part of it. Like they were, they were like, well, they've 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 got to trade somebody. So why don't we reach out and see if they'll they'll be willing to trade Mac back to us? And you know, we can, you know, we'll welcome fans back to the stadium. That two point whatever okay. trillion dollars <laughs> it cost yeah. <laughs> to build, and you get Khalil Mac back or whatever. You know, does does that mean Yannick Ngaku is not necessarily the improvement you thought that you were going to get? Um, I know that one that one guy, they, that one defensive tackler in that they got, Clellan Farrell, has not lived up to his his billing, right? So they were looking to try to, I, I don't know, were they looking to try to get themselves um, in a better position after having some pretty uh, crappy defensive line years, right? Um, but again, I, I, I don't know that, that I don't think, I think that was a dead issue. I think the, the bears realized there's no way they could turn back on that, especially after giving up first two, two first round picks. So, but I, I'm with you. I'm actually, this is one of the things I'm excited, not just for the Raiders or the bears and the Cowboys. I know we talk about those three teams, um, on this podcast, but just overall, man, I mean, just the NFL in general, 
it it definitely was a weird year last year, right? Yeah. With the COVID nineteen, I mean, for everybody, not just in the NFL, but in college and high school, and our work and our our personal lives and everything else. But to get back out there this year, um, I know that obviously the Delta variant is is causing some issues and and getting a lot of people nervous and a lot of stuff is spiking and everything. We don't want to get back to where we were before. Um, but I watched the Cubs White Sox game the other day, <laughs> and you look at that crowd. Yeah, and you would not think there's any such thing as a Delta variant right now. I looked at one section. There was I don't know, whatever hundred people in the section. There was one person with a mask in the entire section. Right. So I think people are just we're almost in that that mode right now where people are just like you know what screw it I want to go out I want to do what I was doing before I want to do my thing and you know they're they're that's where we're at. I mean, it's going to be, it's NFL, baby. We got some, it was an exciting draft. You and I covered the draft. We got some good, young, crazy, talented players coming in and making their mark in the NFL. I'm looking forward to it, man. I am too. I, I just hope, um, I know the Raiders are one of the first NFL teams that are requiring, uh, as you're talking about COVID-19 vaccinations to, to enter the, uh, stadium. Um, that's going to be interesting. We'll see how that plays out. (laughs) But at the end of the day, people want to go. They want to get out there. I mean, they want to tailgate. They want to have a good time. They want to have a few drinks. And they want to, you know, they want to party like a rock star. Cheeseburgers. Uh, cheeseburgers. Uh, but another side note, um, I just want to do a little shout-out for the PGA. Uh, Cantley wins the uh, playoff at the BMW Championship. So he is actually leading the FedEx Cup points. Uh, there's obviously about three more um, tournaments left of the year before they we have a champion uh, crowned, but uh, for all those PGA fans out there, uh, congrats to Cantley on that that uh, enormous uh, playoff win. Um, another side note, T-Dog will not be here next week. Uh, I will be flying solo. I might even reach out to one of my friends, Brett, to come on board and actually do uh, the podcast with me. So, Brett, be on the lookout, my friend. Uh, you might be coming on the podcast next week. For a little bit of, uh, you know, chit chat, because uh, we do want to talk a little college football as well, leading into the NFL um, season, uh, it's going to be exciting. Also, just so you guys know, we filled up our ten men ten man roster for the Monday Morning Couch Potatoes Podcast Fantasy Football League, so that's just going to be really interesting. We actually go live on our draft picks come. This uh, next Wednesday, the uh, I believe it's the 8th of September, uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So uh, for the ones that are listening out there, get ready to get it on, my friends, because uh, I'm going to try to take you all down. T-Dog is in there. We got a shout-out to Kevin Williams. We got Steve. We've got uh, Brett. We've got Corey Francis. We've got a lot of uh, Couch Potato fans on there. Uh, hopefully next year we'll get more on the team, but uh, it's going to be fun. We're also doing a pig pigskin pigskins pick them uh, against the spread. So uh, you know, get get out there, join. Let's have some fun and let's see what we can do as far as um, as far as that goes. But other than that, uh, this is Monday morning couch potatoes. You have been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. 
visit us at our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at mmcouchpotatoes. Listening to this podcast does not make you any smarter than you already are. Uh, The Monday Morning Couch Potato Podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening. And I don't care. I'm going to tell you. All right. And he is out.